You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning again. Good morning. <laughs> so we started recording this once already and uh, something happened. So we start, we're starting over. So we're going to act like this is the first time. So I'm here. Ramon, Simon's here. I'm here. Melinda's obviously not here. She would have said something right there. She's a, she has a doctor's appointment this morning, so we went ahead and did it. She may pop up in a second, so we'll see. Um, Man, there's a lot that we could talk about, but I don't know. There's not a lot that we... There's so much that's going on. It's been a crazy, crazy couple of days. We've been updating you on the situation, the political situation here in Bolivia and... um. There's been a lot of developments over the past three or four days, mm. two or two, maybe day, two days. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Over the past week, we'll just include it all in that. Yeah. And um, so yesterday, yesterday. Okay. I'm trying to give the short version, but I know there are people that are interested, but I don't want to talk about this for the whole time, but it's kind of hard not to, because that's what's happening in our world. And it is a big deal. Mm. So... The Organization of American States investigated the election for claims of fraud. You, oh, you say fraud in English, right? You say yeah. fraud in English. A fraud or, or yeah, rigging yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. They released their findings yesterday on Sunday morning at about 5.30 a.m. I'm not sure how that works on Sunday morning. Anyways, must have been working all night. Anyways, so they released their, released, released their findings. And um, a long story short, um, it was rigged. They tried to rig the election. They tried to cheat um, the incumbent. And um, there were more votes registered than there were more. There were more votes counted than there were registered voters by a fairly large margin. So, and of course, we know where those votes went. So that came out 5.30 yesterday morning. 7.30-ish the, yesterday morning. He was getting ready for church, I guess. The president had a, uh, no, he doesn't go to church, for you, those of you that don't know, <laughs> guarantee. Um, he, uh, the president had a news conference, and in the news conference, he just, he didn't, he didn't address the findings, but he said that he would set up a new election of the election that he had won three weeks prior to, quote unquote, won with air quotes around it, that he cheated in, right? Mm. So he was going to set up a new election, and to quote unquote, be fair, but a lot has happened in, in the in-between time. And so on f- Friday, the pol- what is it called? Mute, the, poli- the police, we have national police. So we don't have like state police and like, you know, sheriff's department and city police like we do in the States. I don't know if you guys have that. No. You just have national police? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. One police force. Oh, oh, yeah. So we have like a gazillion police forces, right? Every city has their own police and whatever. Every county and every state and... They don't have that here. It's just national police. And so, um, but they, they mutinied against the president on Friday. Um, went into their, they're not barracks. They went into their police stations and closed the doors. They're not doing anything. And uh, they just had had enough. And there's a lot of stuff that happened with them. One good example is they got this random uh, loyalty bonus of about $500. A little less than $500, but we'll just say to make it even 500 bucks. Um a random loyalty bonus in the middle of all this protesting and stuff, which is very odd. But anyways, they come to find out, find, find out the loyalty bonus was taken from their pensions. <laughs> so they gave them bonuses out of their own money, which is, you know, just absurd. And that wasn't the only thing. But um, a lot of them privately were, were growing tired of the regime and stuff. Anyway, so long yeah. story short, they, um, they mutinied against the president. And so that kind of started off a, ch- a chain of events. You know, again, people have been protesting for 20 days here. Um, the government has lost millions and millions of dollars and it's a third world country so it you know has its effects so then it, it's down to the military the military needs to do the, anyways um, the military re- basically turned their back they didn't do anything they turned their back and they weren't they, they, they came out and had their own press conference and announced that we're not going to go against our own people we're not going to go out in the streets and do. We're not, it's not going to be. We're not going to do the military state thing. We're not doing that. We're not going to be fighting. In 2003, uh, Bolivia had a civil war, and it was essentially police and military personnel shooting each other in the in the main plaza in the plaza, killing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a civil war, not that long ago. Some of these same people that work at the police with the police force now, 
were working then. Some of the same people that work with the military now were working then. So the military said, we're not doing that. We're not doing anything. So that essentially took Evo Morales' power, at least executively. I mean, it just didn't have, what, what can he, you know, um, what good is it to be the commander-in-chief if no mm-hmm. one listens to your commands? So that um, was a huge blow to his power. Uh, that was um, over the weekend. That, that's what was happening Friday, Saturday, and obviously then Sunday morning. The findings came out from the Amer- Organization of American States, um, 7.30, he, he said he'll comply with new elections, but he really didn't have an option. The only reason he had to do new elections is because he cheated in the first one. Mm. Even going back further, there was a referendum. I've mentioned this before. In the referendum, uh, the, the country voted no. He can't to, to basically to amend the Constitution to be able to allow him to run for a fourth term. And um, the, the, the no's won. No, we vote against that. So then he went against that. He got it uh, overturned in the Supreme Court. Um, Supreme Court who are all appointed by him and are all part of his party. See, this is one thing to understand, too, is it's not um, Republican and Democrat. Like, every election, new parties pop up. So he created a party called the Movement to Socialism. That's not a party that's always existed, and it's a party that won't always exist either in Bolivia. It's just his party he created, so the people that are part of that are his people. That's, but that's not, it's not, that's not just exclusive to him. That's pretty much how most of the parties work um, here. So... All the Supreme Court, or majority of the Supreme Court uh, judges or whatever, were, people, were his people. So obviously, he got approved to run again, because if he's out, then we're out, and then, you know, so on and so forth. And it just creates this nasty, what we, this nasty government, also known as a dictatorship, or communist, com- communism, uh, dictatorship, I guess is better said. So all that culminated into Sunday, um, new elections, he's going to call, and people said, no, we're not, we're not settling for new elections. We're not taking that fake false news. Um, you need to step out. You've cheated. You've done, you know, you've done so much stuff, and there's so many underhanded things over the past 14 years that he's been president that's been done, and um, you, you, you have to go. And if we do new elections, then you're not going to be allowed to be a part of it. Like, enough is enough. People have, have had enough. And so... Um, yeah, things started getting more a little more tense throughout the day Sunday and kind of going back and forth a lot of then they saw him on his plane he flew to another place and that's another thing I'm not even get into that flew to another city off in the jungle somewhere um and he he uh he resigned him alongside of the vice president alongside the vice president and some other people he resigned so he resigned as president and he gave some kind of cold threatening words this isn't the end of us we're going to continue the fight from where we are here the vice president said, we'll come, we're going to come back, and we're going to come back. We'll be millions strong, and blah, 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 all this other stuff. So they're there. Um, throughout the day, all of his officials, because these people were on every government level, mayors, senators, Congress, right, like all the ministers of everything, which is that part is normal at least. Um, those are all people that are part of his party. They're, they're, they're quitting all throughout the day, over 40 of them, stepping down throughout, throughout the day, resigning, resigning, resigning. Um, then... The tr- electoral court, I don't know how to say that, the tribunal, elect- I don't know, anyways, that the electoral court people, they were all immediately um, apprehended and they're being prosecuted for their roles in the the fraud part of the election. So they were all arrested. Um, there were orders also to arrest Evo Morales, and I don't know if you know this, and the vice president as well. We, I, we talked about this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so they're after him. So now, right now, as we speak, he's holed up in this little town. And with, with, with some of his supporters, and they're blocking every entrance into the town, and it is an absolute Netflix series. Mm. I said it was a movie. I was talking to my mom, and she said it's going to be a – no, that's a series, and she's absolutely right. It's, an, it's a Netflix net, – there's no such thing as Netflix. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's, I'm thinking of the Christian one. Uh, anyways, uh, Netflix uh, – what is it called? Pure Flix? Yeah, that's <laughs> – <laughs> no, yeah. idea. no idea. That's because you're not a Christian. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's an absolute Netflix series. Um, but just uh, super dramatic. There's a lot. Anyways, last night people went crazy. We're burning stuff up, and they burned. What, how many buses was it? Twenty-six. Twenty-six buses at a bus terminal, and I mean, just absolute madness. But on the other side, there were people dancing in the streets and celebrating that the president was gone. But it hasn't been confirmed. Like basically, the equivalent of what we would have as the Speaker of the House is who would take over after the President and Vice President would or step down. She also stepped down because she's also part of their party. So she stepped down. Then the next person is not part of their party. 
And so she's supposed to be the next president, but for whatever reason, they didn't have a meeting yesterday to decide or accept this resignation. It's just an absolute mess. People are getting arrested and apprehended. People who two days ago were governors or mayors or whatever, they're getting arrested today. And um, people who won elections <laughs> three weeks ago are resigning today and being, you know, it, it, it is a mess. There's a long, there's people that have been exiled by, by Evo Morales and people tend to forget about this. People have been exiled by Evo Morales and his government. They're already talking about returning uh, back to Bolivia. People, uh, there are other um, people who opposed him essentially in, within the 14 years, other politicians. You know, if you lose to him, then you pretty much got to run because you're going to go to jail. And that's how it's been. So he started spreading these rumors. And if you're connected to the political Twitter or Facebook or whatever, then you'll hear these. And, you know, it's frustrating because there's so many people that have never set foot in Bolivia, but they have all the facts. They know what the people want. They're speaking for every, you know, and it's absurd. But um, he's been saying that there's been a, it, it was a coup and he was put out by the military. And um, that's just simply not true. He wasn't put out by anybody. He quit on his own and created this same thing he's been known for 14 years, this lie and this, this narrative. The issue with Bolivia is everyone from the outside has seen Bolivia as pro uh, it's progressive and the econ e economy is doing well and it's growing and extreme poverty is gone. But where do you get those facts from? You get those facts from the Bolivian whatever. Well, who controls that? Who owns, like, what, I think ATB, I can't remember which one is which, but, like, the Bolivian outlets. Who controls it? It's the Bolivian government does. Who controls the government? Well, he does. So they control all the information that the world has been getting for years. So now people are shocked. Like, I can't believe that, and people are blaming the United States, which the United States has done their fair share of meddling uh, all over the world. However, this is not one of the moments. The Bolivian people have done this, and they've done this on their own. They should have had help, but they, they did, they've done it on their own. And so uh, it is a, an absolute mess. The reason why it's come to this, though, I think, is, what, is because we were talking yesterday, um, social media, the power of social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been using social media for uh, really using it, like, on a high level, I guess you can say, like, in your pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe for, what is this, for the last 15 years, maybe, right, around there. Maybe even a little bit less, like like using it to the level that we use it now. Yeah. So 12 years, 12 yeah, to 15 years, let's say it there. Yeah. So in Bolivia, you got to think it's a little bit behind as far as that goes. Mm. Um, and so for maybe the past, uh, honestly, probably past five to eight years, yeah. people have been using social media in the same way that we use it now. Mm. In, the, in the sense that everybody has a voice. And um, before, no one had a voice. So everything that you hear about Bolivia from the outside, if you've never been here, was filtered, informa filtered information and filtered through who? Evo Morales. So, but now, everybody has a voice, so they can speak and they can uh, trade information from state to state and from city to city and mm -hmm. communicate and all this. And that's essentially what led to this point. And we were talking yesterday, if this happened 10 years ago, we're in the state, then he would have just been president again. And people would be complaining about it at the dinner table, like you're saying, and, and whatnot. And, uh, so it, it, it is a crazy, crazy situation. We're all safe where we are. You feel safe? Mm-hmm. Good. Because we don't want you to leave. Uh. <laughs> no, we are safe. We're, we're all safe. There's not, I mean, again, where we live, is just, it's just a weird kind of spot, and no one's really concerned about um, the area we live in, which is why we live here as Christians and missionaries. But... Um, but we're, we're, we're totally safe and, uh, you know, nothing's going to happen to us. But there's so many rumors and, and, and gossip, I, like just different things that people create and fear mongering and yeah. threats. And, you know, other countries are threatening to, to, to attack Bolivia. I don't even know what that means. I won't even say what country it is, but mm -hmm. they don't have any money. I'll give you a hint. So I don't even know how. Are they going to walk here <laughs> with baseball bats? And, you know, anyways, it's, it's absolutely absurd. Mm -hmm. um, the things that are going on. And then the, in the media, like I said, you get on Twitter and stuff and you see that people are saying, oh, it's a coup, it's a coup. Yeah. We denounce, we renounce the, we, we only recognize Evo Morales as the political and mm -hmm. democratic president of 14 years. And then people are saying, oh, it's just that, you know, they, they hate Evo Morales because he's indigenous. And that argument would have been great 14 years ago. Yeah. Because there's probably some truth to that in the beginning. But he's been president for 14 years. So just because I don't want someone to be president for 20 years, which is the, the terms are five years, so 19 years. Just because I don't want someone to be president for, for 19 years means that I hate them because they're indigenous. Give me a break, man. Like, so 
it, there's no coup. He stepped down. Like it, it's it's a, it's a disaster. So I said mm-hmm. all that one to inform you of what's going on and kind of you know what's happening around us, but also um, I, I don't know. I feel like it kind of a part of it is my my responsibility, right? As a person in the know, and there's a lot of information out there that's being traded. And I don't, it, it's not that I know everything, but I do live here, right? Yeah. Like, and uh, it, it's a it's a mess. And you know, we would ask you and almost beg you to continue to pray for Bolivia and to keep Bolivia and, you know, pray for us. Great. Yay. We appreciate it. But more importantly, pray for Bolivia and the Bolivian people mm-hmm. um, and pray for these leaders, man. Like we talked about this at church the, uh, the other week is the, the reason that people grab on the power so much and they act like and they're so power hungry is because they they're hopeless. They this is the only life they have. This is all that they have is is what they do here and, and, and hoping to live an eternal legacy, eternal in a sense of it can go on in history. Right. They just want to be known after their death and whatever. And, and But we, we're not as Christians. That's why we're not too concerned about power and stuff like that, because we know we're going to live for eternity. And so it doesn't really we shouldn't be as, you know, excited or, or power hungry to willing to destroy other people's well-being or whatever so that we can continue to stay in power. That shouldn't be what what we're about um but they're, they're hopeless so pray for the the you know the leaders of pray for evo morales you know it's a hard thing for me to say because i don't you know it is what it is but so pray yeah pray for the living people it is an emotional roller coaster for a lot of them now like you know you get good news yesterday mm. he re, he's resigning but then you hear that he's uh what is it called uh um, he's develop he's building up a militia out in mm. the middle of nowhere to come back and take over and yeah. He resigned publicly, but is he really resigned? Is he going to come back? You know, and, yeah. and there's a lot of talk of uh, Hugo Chavez. I can't say it in English. I think we say Hugo Chavez or something like that. But his name is Hugo Chavez, the dictator from Venezuela. Um, Venezuela. I don't know. I can't say these words in English anymore. <laughs> I really don't remember how. But he's he's the dictator that was in Venezuela, and he actually quit for two days. He was out, and he came back to power, and mm. it was just. And so there's a lot of fear of that. And just, just pray for, um, for peace, but, but all at the same time for justice. You know, yeah. we, you know we, we as believers, we, when Proverbs talks about how, I, I'm obviously putting my own words because um, I can't remember exactly what it says, but it talks about how essentially the non-believer is incapable of seeking justice, but the believer is the only one capable of seeking justice. Why is that? It's because we've been justified. So a non-believer, a person who is, dead in their sins essentially and and destined for eternity of suffering and they can't say I want justice I want justice for this that and the other because if they really love justice then that means that they want justice for themselves as well and justice for themselves is the wages of sin is death you know Um, and so Proverbs talks about how we're the only people who can want justice and so that the church can rise up and stand for justice and pray for justice and and push justice in mercy but justice at the same time And, um, and just seeking out the vulnerable of our country, which is almost everybody that's under this dictatorship. Um, that's a very big, that's a very strong word to use, but that's the accurate word to use. I, you know, it is what it is. If you have a different opinion, well, you can come visit for a while and figure it out, you know. But um, yeah, just pray that, I don't know, just just continue to pray for the living people. Mm-hmm. And that at the end of all this, uh, Jesus will be made known and, and, and God will be glorified through all this. And that the church can stand there as the light in the middle of the darkness and be able to help and reach people and uplift them and encourage them and that churches will, I don't know, it's just frustrating and I, I expressed my frustration about this in, from the pulpit yesterday, just about how, it, we're in, what is it, Matthew 23, 23 and 24, something like that, when Jesus is confronting the Pharisees and the religious leaders and he says, you're focusing on, focusing, you focusing, <laughs> you're focusing on lightweight stuff. You're focusing on what was it meant and time? I don't know. You're like little herbs and spices and you're weighing that out and that's what you're focused on. But he said, you, you, ne- you neglect to focus on or think about what did he say you neglect to? I can't remember. Anyways, but you neglect to focus on or give a proper attention to the main things or the heavier issues, which are justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, it's a, it's a very, uh, not hurtful, but, uh, convicting, verse because we do that as a church you know and that, that's what we want our church to be is to if, had we been focusing on folk good grief had we been focusing on these things for the past 10 years we would be in a position to be the light in the darkness right now mm. 
you could feed people as a church. You could be an economic center in the community where you, you know, you teach economics and saving and spending and, and producing your own plants and food. And you could go take water to the police who are locked up in their, in, in their, um, in their, what is it called? Their police station. What, do you, what is it? Barracks? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you, that's what they yes you call it in Spanish. Barry, you say that too? No, I, I just thought that was the word you were going <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we could we could you could build a bridge and be able to really help people and be a light in the darkness. Other than definitely preaching the gospel in the midst of all this, but I'm not mm. definitely not putting that down. But also walking it out and living it. Jesus healed people and he fed people. We know he preached the gospel. We know that. There's no doubt. But he also did these these works and these these things that he considered justice. You know, and so. It's my frustration is that the church is unprepared for situations like this, to be a light in, in the way that it's designed to be. You spend so much time arguing over suits and ties and uh, he has a tattoo, she has a tattoo, or, you know, what time does, in our case, what time, how long should Sunday school be? I mean, it's a month-long argument with some people in our church over, how, over the length of Sunday school. Meanwhile, there are people literally being killed in the streets in our country. Literally, there's been people killed in this. Yesterday, was it yesterday? There's a guy, there's people getting shot out for protecting one of the buses of students that's driving to another city. Some of the, like, the opposition people, they're in, they're run, the minors of that town are running alongside the bus because people have been attacking buses with sticks and stuff and tearing them up and hitting people and dragging them off the buses. Two girls were kidnapped, just a bunch of crazy stuff like that. And so people from the, one of the towns were jogging alongside the bus protecting its citizens, which is a very beautiful thing. Someone starts shooting them from out in the mountains with the, they had some type of rifle or whatever, and they're, they're picking people off. That's happening, and we're arguing about Sunday school length. There's a problem here. Oh, but I tithe the tenth of my mint, you know. <laughs> but what about justice and mercy and faithfulness, you know? So I don't know. I just pray that the church here can be strong in the things that we're called to be strong in. It's not, it doesn't mean to forget about the rest of the stuff because it's important too, but it's super, super secondary. And the church should always, always be in a position but also with an attitude to do justice, always. And all, all, always be willing and able to, to have a ministry of mercy. And all, those are fruits of faithfulness, right? So that's what's been going on politically here. Um, I, it's, I said a lot. I talked a lot about that. I didn't want to talk that much about it. But that's literally what's going on right now. And so it is what it is. Keep us in your prayer for that. And um yeah, it's we have no idea what's going to happen today, tomorrow. We don't know who the next president is going to be. Yeah. We don't know when the elections to replace him, or we don't know if he's going to try to come back this evening. Yeah, yeah. I think that's been the. Oh, hey Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I just wanted to give Melinda a chance to yeah, speak yeah. first. And then, <laughs> she's not saying much, so I jump in. <laughs> um, no, I think that's been like the the big thing for me. When people are like, um, oh, what well, is it affecting you? How is it affecting you? Kind of thing. Uh, loud motorbike there yeah um yeah people have been asking like oh how's it affecting you and things like that um and you know on a practical note here in trinidad we're not getting all the mass protests mm-hmm. and riots mm-hmm. and things like that so i, I reassure people I'm like look we're safe here mm-hmm. um majority of things are running as as normal maybe one day a week things will be things will be closed or something like that yeah but for me i'm a i'm a very routine worker mm-hmm. not in the sense of i have a set routine for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> yeah. but routine in the sense of I'll wake up Monday morning, I'll wake up Tuesday morning and I'll plan my day hour mm-hmm. by hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do that through this no. last month or so or when, no. since the elections have happened. Like You have to stay every hour by every hour. You know, you yeah. wake up one morning and I get a text from you saying, oh, just so you know, the supermarket's closing at 11 today, so if you need anything, <laughs> go get it now. The city's closing <laughs> yeah, at 11. Yeah, the city's closing at 11 or oh, no, kids are getting out of school yeah. at 9.45 and they drop them <laughs> off at 8.30. It's, yeah, you know, it's, it's part of the course. So you just, you just don't know what's going to happen. And that is, I mean, even yesterday when Eva resigned, we were not expecting. That was not expected no. last night. We were chatting no. at lunch like two hours before that happened. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying, oh, I reckon maybe he's got maybe a week left and yeah. or maybe a month left or maybe he'll hold out till January. Yeah. You know, we literally, that, we're having that conversation and yep. then two hours later he resigns yep. um, and it's a whole different ball game yep. uh, now and yeah, anything could happen this evening, tomorrow morning. Um, so it's, uh, and that was what something I noticed on social media yesterday is the excitement and celebration very quickly turned to skepticism Absolutely. and worry. 
Absolutely. Within deep concern. Yeah, within an hour, two hours, people's posts on Facebook had gone from, you know, praise God, he's left Bolivia free to these messages saying, oh, he's planning this. Oh, he's mm. going to come back. Oh, he, this is what he planned. It's all an ambush. Uh, the mood very quickly changed yeah. um, from a, from one of celebration to one yeah. of uh, skepticism. So yeah, so yeah, that's uh, that's been the tricky bit. Is you just you do have to take everything hour by hour, day yeah. by day. Yeah, um, um, Jose, one of our friends here, he was like, last night we all went to uh, the, our neighbor's house, Rudy's parents' house, and we were watching on TV, and um, it's a huge historical moment for Bolivia, by the way. Just I mean, it's I I think. For South America, I'd say yeah, as for, well. yeah. Well, yeah, all of Latin America, really. Mm. I mean, because this doesn't happen, and I, that's what I think. And had I, if I don't live here, I don't understand it either. So by yeah. no means am I saying it like I'm smarter or better. But it's just something that our Western minds can't understand. We don't understand dictatorship and communism, and we we don't understand we don't understand twenty year presidents. And thank God we don't. Right? We're we're privileged in the sense, and thank God, thank mm. God that we are. And so, like when I tell people about it, it's like, oh yeah, good. But like, don't really understand, like, mm. you know, the implications that are there and the fact that little old Bolivia, little brother in Latin America, you know, uh, the poorest country in all of Latin America mm. has. As the first country, at least in recent history, to by themselves out, oust their leader that, you know, has. But anyways, has been doing his crazy stuff or whatever. The first the first one in recent history. No one else has done it. I mean, we have Nicaragua, was it 13 years in? Cuba's 60 years in, you know, and then you have uh, Venezuela 20 or so years in, so on, you know, so on and so forth. And Argentina looks like they're going back to a quote-unquote socialist government. It, you know, it's just a bunch of different stuff. And Bolivia, the little, little brother is the one that, that sets the tone and lets people know that it can be done, you know. And so it's a, it, it's, it's a huge, huge deal. It's a monumental day. So we're all watching it yesterday at, at Miguel's house, Rudy's father's house, and um, watching a lot on TV because of that, because it's a big deal, right? And mm. so, um, and then Jose says, let's go to the plaza and celebrate. And like, you know, we didn't go. Um, that's like you're playing against the uh, 1997 Chicago Bulls. And you know who Michael Jordan is, right? Yeah. Okay. Whew. And like, you know, Michael Jordan gets injured and it's halftime and you go and, you, and he's out for the rest of the game and you go and you start celebrating and throwing champagne. Well, it, it, you maybe you don't celebrate somebody getting injured. That's a bad example. But you know, like you are like, oh, okay, we have a chance, you yeah. know. And yeah. but but I, you you do need to have to taper your until the game is won. And, mm. and there's no president right now. And there's so many of his people that he planted in government things and whatever. And you know, Supreme Court per- justices and mm. you know, you have senators and all you know all this different all this other stuff, mayors and governors and stuff that are part of his party, and they're all dangerous. And so it's like. We, we we celebrated definitely. We were excited, and it's a huge first step. But there's so much more. It's just like let's go to the plaza and celebrate. And we were like, no, you know, I want to celebrate when there's a new president and things are you know in order and whatever. I definitely wanted to celebrate, but at the same time, you know, you you're conscious that nothing is nothing. You know, there's perception and there's reality. You know, unfortunately, you have to kind of wait until to see what the reality is. You know, but yeah, you're right, and so. I think today is more uncertainty than there was yesterday when we woke up. Yeah. You know, um, just because yesterday we had no idea what was going to happen, but yesterday evening we were celebrating, but then you realize like, just like you were saying, it's like, well, what's next? Yeah. Well, wait. And then you, you know, give it pause and you start thinking that, well, there's a lot more work to be done. This is not the end. Mm. Uh, definitely worth celebrating. Definitely worth celebrating a huge first step, but it's not the end by any means. Mm. And so it is a, very complex situation. Mm. Very complex. I'm trying to get off the subject, man. You keep pushing me back. <laughs> How the cat's doing? Oh, oh, <laughs> boy. We're probably better off talking about government. <laughs> uh, by cats, you mean cat. <laughs> yeah. So all the cats are dead except for one. And last week, as we were talking about this, actually, we were recording yeah. the podcast. My next door neighbor, Rudy's mom, she... um. Well, actually, all my neighbors saw it. Um, I had I left my dog outside, and we have a dog Argentino, and what, I don't know. You can Google it and see what it is. Um, can't explain it really. <laughs> and he, uh, I, the cats are in a chicken coop, which is all fenced in and stuff. And you know, one the last one, he got out somehow. Apparently, while we're up here doing this, mm. 
And uh, my neighbors looked out and they saw Khan literally throwing him up in the air. Throwing because he the cats are so dumb and innocent. They they walk straight towards any moving thing. And they walk straight. And so Khan is barking and snarling. He's on a he's on a tieout, right? Like on a leash or whatever. So they have to go to him. He can't reach them. Mm-hmm. And so they, they walked right up to him and or the 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 cat, I don't know if it's a boy or girl, call it a girl, just for I don't know. She walked right up to him and he takes her and he's throwing her up in the air. And uh, that's my first neighbor saw that. And so he runs over to tell us while we're recording. Rudy runs against the door because he's not talking. And so, you know, we didn't know until after the podcast. Oh, he came to say, <laughs> Rudy's like, oh, he came to say that uh, Khan, which is my dog, was throwing the cat up in the air. And he's like, I told him, oh, is the cat still alive? He said, yeah, yeah, still alive. And Rudy's like, well, not anymore. He's like, there's no reason to even bring it up because, like, there's no way we can get over there yeah. before he kills it. And so, but what happened is as soon as he saw that, he was afraid to go and get it from Khan, which that's understandable. But Rudy's mom came out. And so when she came out, she said Khan had it and was like killing it. She, you know, shaking it to yeah. kill it. And she yelled and he caught his attention and she ran over there and uh, just yelled at him and he dropped it and she took it and took it to her house. So it's at their house now. That cat is at their house, which is hilarious because I was like, do you guys want a cat when they first, when we first found them? They're like, no, no way. We have a cat already. I have like four dogs <laughs> and, you know, like, no way. I understand. So now they have that cat in their house because it, it just can't be over here. Like it's, he's going to get yeah. killed. And uh, so that cat's in their house. Then, I don't know if you saw yesterday, there's another cat. <laughs> one of his patients, he's an orthodontist, and one of his patients brought him another cat. So they have, <laughs> see, I said, if you had taken these kittens first, you wouldn't be overwhelmed. He said, yeah, yeah, I know. So there's one cat, and bad news is there's only one cat. Good news is that there's still one cat. Mm-hmm. So there we go. And it's not your responsibility anymore. No, not at all. It never was, technically. <laughs> you know, they found them in a trash bag, like... Gosh, I, the whole way home, I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, why am I taking these cats? Like, I mean, you messaged me straight away asking yeah. if I wanted to. I was, standing, yeah, I was standing out there when I wrote you a message. I was standing out there alongside the cats. Hey, sorry, you a cat. <laughs> no, I'm good. Somebody, please. Like, good grief. I'm not a cat guy by any means. But yeah, so the cats are. Gosh, it's all bad news, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's some good news. How's ministry been going? How's children's ministry been going? Children's ministry's going good. Yeah, we had, um, it's funny, isn't it? When someone says, how are things going? You automatically go to the numbers that you, that you <laughs> yeah. had. Well, that's the only just thing to, like, you have to demonstrate. Justify that it yeah. is going well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we had 32 yesterday. So 31 last week, 32 mm. yesterday. And there's a number of kids that normally come that were away yesterday. Wow. Um, so I think we're probably, probably on about 35 35-ish yeah. uh, regulars that I would I would say, yeah, they're going to come every week from now on. Um, I think we have about 45 on our register list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they don't come at once. But yeah, there are, n- there are a number of them that don't, you know, they might come once every mm-hmm. two months or, or, or once yeah. a month kind of thing. Uh, but I'd say we have about, yeah, b- about 30 to 35 strong yeah. that will come every week, uh, as long as it's not raining. Mm-hmm. If it's raining, then we have two, your yeah. daughters. And uh, <laughs> three. three, yeah. Yeah, your daughters and Miguel's daughter. Cloudy. Um, uh, so yeah, no, it's 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 going good. Um, plenty of planning um, and things, but it's just it's just been a case of adapting it. Okay, what's working, what's not working, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to adapt it every week. Um, yeah. But I feel like yesterday we hit a point of okay, everything worked. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Everything worked. Good. All the things that we've had to like, like not major adjustments. I'm not saying like oh we had to change Tweak. it. Yeah, like we had to just change like. We tried to do the register using the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't work, so I printed out the register, and now we just do it on paper. Mm-hmm. You know, little things like that yeah. that um, just help processes run smoother, mm-hmm. less time-consuming. Yeah. Because um, when you've got 30 kids in a room, mm-hmm. what you don't want is five minutes of just someone trying to work out how to use the computer yeah. and because you just lose the kids yeah. uh, in yeah. that time. Um, so Absolutely. that's been good. Um, and then we've introduced a reward scheme. Um, a rigged reward scheme. Don't say, don't say scheme. It sounds like it's like it sounds I mean, like you're ripping them so, off. Well, <laughs> well uh, we kind of are. Because um, like they, I mean, just I told you. <laughs> I, so I told Simon. I was like, he mentioned this reward program or whatever, and like how they're gonna do it. And so I said, oh, Jolie's gonna win that. And he, you know, he, he laughed, and we both laughed a little bit. And I was like, man, Jolie wins everything. Mm. She, she's one of those people that you grow up hating because you know if you're like me, you never win. 
Like, it's stuff like that. If you win, it is blood, sweat, and tears. There is never any type of luck or anything involved. It is all, like, either God's absolute providential, like, just God's intervention or <laughs> like a miraculous win. Or it is just, like, you know. But, and so, but Jolie is the person that walks in the room, and they draw a name out of a hat, and it's her name. Mm. And so you laughed <laughs> in the first, the first week. Who won? <laughs> yeah, she, her name was pulled out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so we've been using that reward scheme to encourage good because basically we had like we had thirty kids, and there's only about four or five of them that just we just couldn't find a way to to be able to encourage them to behave and, yeah. and to things like that. And we didn't want to go down the, the harsh discipline route. Um, we'd spoken about that um, and looked at those options, but we didn't want to go down. We didn't want to become a thing where we'll send kids home for bad behavior or things like that. Um, so okay let's try let's try a reward scheme to encourage good behavior rather than focus on bad behavior let's try and encourage good behavior uh, so the idea is that it's like a it's like a like a raffle um mm-hmm. i don't know if christians like the word raffle or not <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's like a raffle in the sense of all the kids names go into a pot yeah, or yeah. they think all the kids names go into a pot <laughs> um and then we pull out six names at the end of each session we look at those names and then we as leaders decide has that person participated? Have they sung the songs? Have they played the games? Mm. Did they listen in the lesson? If they have, then they receive a reward. If they hadn't, then their name goes back in the pot and we speak to them privately. We go up to them and say, hey, just so you know, we pulled your name out of the hat today, but because of this, this, and this, uh, we had to put your name back in the pot. So next week, you need to be more participating, listen better, and things like that. And if your name gets picked out next week and you do that, then you can have the reward. Um, so you pulled your name out, but you've been acting like an absolute clown. Yeah. So this <laughs> <laughs> we don't quite use those words, but yeah, that's Thank that's God. the idea. Um, and then it goes the back in. Um, but the, uh, what they what they don't know is once their name's been pulled out, we then put their name in a separate pot, mm-hmm. uh, so their name doesn't get pulled out each week because right. otherwise your daughter would win something. Yeah, Jolie. Every, yeah, she would win something every yeah, week. Her name's in the bucket once, and <laughs> yeah. she still wins six times a week somehow. Like, yeah. you know. Um, and then at the end of the month, we put every name back in the pot and we start from start oh, from yeah. fresh. So each month, the idea is that each month, every child will receive something mm. as long as they behaved. Good. Um, so that's the idea, and it oh, yeah, works because it takes the names. Yeah, out. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the kids, kids that receive their names go out, but they think then because we just showed them the pot, and they're like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. my name must be in that pot." Waiting with anticipation, so, yeah, yeah. like, "Oh, good this <laughs> week, last week." They have, so, have yeah. you had to tell kids like, "Hey, you've been acting like an absolute clown these past couple of weeks, so we're not going to give you, or have you had to do, have you not had to do that yet?" And we haven't had to do that yet. Um, actually, it's yeah. It's I mean the 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 kids that. Um, the kids that normally mess around, I mean, we, ha- we do have to have slightly different expectations for different kids because just the way we can't, some people would disagree, but just through kids that we have, we can't expect someone like Jolie, for example, uh-huh. if you don't mind me using her as an example. Uh, we can't hold Jolie to the same expectations as we hold one of the other kids, for example, yeah. because... Jodie behaves every single week. She yeah. participates in everything. Yeah. She sings a song. She does the game. She listens in the, in the class. We've got one kid. It's an achievement for him to just not run off. If he goes a Sunday and yeah. doesn't run off, that's an achievement for yeah. him. And, and we're pleased with that. And we should encourage that. And we should be Absolutely. pleased of him for that. Yeah. Um, cause, and if he sits still during the lesson, if he doesn't talk or if he doesn't get up and just wander off, that's an achievement for him. Mm-hmm. That's progress for him. Yeah. Um, so we can't hold him to the same standards that we hold uh, Jolie so you know we we have these reward schemes and then as they get as they get the reward we tell them why they received it yeah. we say, we you get this because you did this and we tell him you did this you get this today because you didn't run off or, yeah. or, or something like that yeah um, and it does work because if, we, if we've lost their attention if, if they're out of control a little bit all you have to do is pick up the pot with the names in and give it a little shake and all of a sudden it's just like this deathly silence yeah. comes over the room as they're staring <laughs> at the pot like <gasps> I want to today could be my day <laughs> Can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but um, so it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, good. we've reached a really good point. Um, I'm happy with the progress we're going. The leaders so seem right. excited. Like, yeah, the leaders are on board. Yeah, uh, with, what, with what's going on. Um, yeah, just a. Uh, I don't. I don't really know how to explain it, but um. Mm, you know, we just we've we've tried to put them at the center of them, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Okay, 
like they are volunteering for us they are helping us our ministry would not run without them yeah. so we need to we need to look after them we need to treat them right yeah um, and one of the main things that was happening before is people were just spending months out at a time in the kids and they weren't able to go into yeah, church um, and things just I think felt, things just felt separate right mm-hmm. the kids Not ministry felt separate from the actual church yeah. ministry it was poor leadership uh, as well. Yeah, yeah and you know we'd have people in the children's ministry who didn't even go to the church mm-hmm. um, which and is things, unacceptable yeah well. uh, and things like that which were running so we scrapped all that and we said you know um, reduced the number of leaders that we had um, filtered them out found the committed ones people that wanted to be part of it wanted to grow it um passionate about it and and we stuck with them um but the first thing we did was say okay look we don't need every leader out every week Mm because they know when we first made the changes we had what eight nine leaders out each sunday it was yeah big deal like Um, make an announcement like we're all gonna be out every week now yeah yeah and people were being told oh you won't be able to enter church for two months these kind of things and it just demoralized people people weren't excited about it Um, yeah so the first thing we do is say, okay, no, we need, we're going to reduce that straight away. And every leader is going to have a minimum of two Sundays in church mm-hmm. a month. So two, the idea, two Sundays with the kids, two Sundays with the church. Yeah. Um, and no one does more than two weeks in a row, uh, obviously, because of the two Sundays. But um, I try to do it so like, okay, like someone's in one week, out the next week, in one week, out the next week, yeah. or to do two and then two off, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, just to arrange it. Um, you know, st- strategically place people in teams to so yeah, pick yeah. strong teams of people. Of people. Well yeah, people whatever. that connect well, that work well, Compliment. that encourage one another. Um, you know, pick strong leaders with people who might need more encouragement and things like that. Um, and just, you know, give give roles to people that are suited. You know, we've got people who are good helpers and volunteers, but I wouldn't have them at the front teaching. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to give them the teaching role because they don't enjoy it. It's not their strength. But they're yeah. really good sitting on the floor with the kids and just encouraging the kids to listen and take part. Yeah. So I'll get them to do that and we'll get the ones that are stronger to teach and that are happy to teach. We'll get them to teach. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just been looking at the strengths of each leader. And, what and a novel that. idea. Yeah, it's nothing, nothing <laughs> new. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> is it not? <laughs> Maybe for this, I for mean, this ministry. It but, is. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it is going well, and yeah, people encourage, people are excited by it. Yeah, um, you can. I mean, I'm obviously I, I preach on Sunday, so I'm not. You know, I can even peek in if I wanted to, but you can tell the difference, man. Hmm. I mean, you can tell with the kids. You can tell the difference with the leaders. You can tell the difference. Uh, Lizvania, every time, every time she 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 leads or teaches, she, yeah. she literally runs in right after, looks for me, and tells me. Like I taught today because she loves it. Yeah. She just loves it, and it's it's something new that she. I think she never. She's always been a helper, right? Yeah. And, and she's a great helper, but mm. I think no one possibly took the time to to see. Oh yeah, she was she sixteen. Mm. She's sixteen, but maybe her strength is teaching. No, I think that's just never been a thing that anyone's taken the time or even to give the opportunity because mm. it's one of those things you don't know if you like it until you try, you know. And so she she tried it, I guess, a few weeks ago. Mm. And she literally came straight in. <laughs> I was like, amen, and we, you know, <laughs> finished the church. And then she comes straight in, and, like, she came and gave me a hug. And I'm like, oh, how, how'd it go? I taught today. And she had a huge grin on her face. Like, oh, great. And then the next week, she said, I taught again today. And, like, you know, she was coming in. But she's super excited, you know. Yeah. But it's about putting the round peg in the round hole. Yeah. And the square peg. In the square hole. No way. The triangle <laughs> hole. Come on, man. And if it doesn't Make fit, it fit, force it. <laughs> yeah. That's what the hammer's for. <laughs> you get the hammer and you force it into the hole. Like, come on. But that's the way we do church sometimes. We yeah. would never do business like that yeah. because it would, we know it would fail. But mm. we've, we've done church like that historically. And mm. It's foolish. I mean, it's, it really is foolish. Mm. And in, the, in the beginning days, sometimes you got to do what you have to do because there's not anyone, you know. And so you got to fill in kind of and try to, you know. But there's a time when somewhere around 14-year mark of your church when you probably should look for people to fit into, mm. into their roles or what, their strengths and stuff. So. Definitely happy that we're able to, you know, start doing that and working that in. And so, mm. good, man. It makes me excited. I'm, yeah, definitely it's exciting stuff. Glad you've done a good job with that. And just mm. kind of, like I said, there, there was, you know, poor leadership stuff before. And there wasn't really a vision. I think you've taken it and then just really formed something out of nothing. And and in the beginning, I think people were doubtful. Like, oh, he's new. He's young. He's, you know, it's always going to mm. happen, you know. And um, But you follow what? Paul told Timothy, "Don't let anyone to despise or despise your youth or whatever he says." Mm-hmm. And I mean, I see you—you you know, your office is right there, so I see you working hard and stuff. And and it shows, man. The hard work shows, and it pays off. So, 
super excited. And like I said, the, the leaders are on board now. And they're, mm. they're pumped and whatever. And, yeah. And Juan Gabriela was in the service two weeks in a row, and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm in service two weeks in a row. They're kicking me out. <laughs> you know, like, like he's excited about it though. You know. So no, really good man. Re- super helpful for one one thing. Because this is the thing: is every ministry that I don't have to worry about is mm. helpful to me. Yeah, I can't be preaching well and worrying like, uh, are the kids out there fighting? Is there someone that walked in off the street, somebody's cousin's uncle or something, <laughs> who is quote unquote helping with children's ministry? Yeah. And you know, I mean, then because then then your mind goes like, well, is he molesting someone in the bathroom? Like we don't know who these people are coming yeah. off the street. Am I gonna have to like? be frustrated by the end of this or, you know, just, it's such a, a pleasure to not have to worry about that and to be on a team to where people, everybody wants to play their role, everybody. Mm-hmm. And so that's the goal that we're, and I think we're getting there. So mm-hmm. good job, man. Yeah, good job. It's been good. Are uh, you ice cream or something? No, we had ice cream last week. Yeah. Well, we didn't talk about this yet. So yeah. you earned yourself another one. <laughs> that's good. So there's one thing I want to do coming up and this is random. I bet everything we talk about here is kind of random. So, <laughs> from cats to yeah. the church to yeah. politics. Politics isn't that random, actually. It's just no. going on. But um, so I, I said, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I don't remember what it was, but I wanted to get back to video blogging. So I don't, I don't know. And you can tell me live on here if it's a good idea or not. Video blogging is just a lot of work, man, because mm-hmm. you always got to pull the camera out and then you got to be willing to kind of like talk to and, and explain and this and that. And, and then you got to go edit it all, right? Because you mm-hmm. have a bunch of different clips. It's not one clip, you know. But I'm thinking about, um, just so people can keep better, keep up better with what's going on if they don't listen to the podcast or if they don't, what, I don't know, whatever, just putting more content out about what we do and just kind of looking for more help and more support as well, but also just more everything, right? Mm-hmm. People can, more awareness. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about after church, just doing a small video. I have this recliner in my office. It's on a three to five minute video, kind of recapping how church went, what we talked about, was the new people, not in a sense of teaching people in the U.S. of anything i'm just kind of encouraging people with what we were encouraged with on sunday morning hmm. um but also just to kind of update on the the church growth thing or whatever and just a quick video every week and just kind of keeping that as a series um what do you think about that it could work would you watch that if you were in the uk i would okay that helps then also i'm going to do a garden series going back to the garden this week man that project has been abandoned for literally like six months <laughs> the church has been too much man it overtook yeah. everything but we're getting yeah. back to it this week i might get out there today Got to finish that, but I'm gonna do a um, I'm gonna do a blog series on the gardening stuff as stuff grows and whatever. So if those videos start and then stop, you know it's because nothing grew. And so, <laughs> but we'll see. So I want to put it out there. Those are the things. So be looking out for that if you're listening. Be looking out for those videos and uh, you get different updates. I want to kind of separate the areas of updates because I think there are people that would be are super interested in in supporting community garden stuff. Exp- this is the thing is some people thought I was crazy when I started here, when I started talking about community uh, garden stuff. Mm. Now we have blockades, vegetables getting more expensive. We don't know what's happening, all this other stuff. Now it's the most brilliant idea in the world, you know, <laughs> oh, you do you garden, you know, now it's the chat of the neighborhood, you know. So anyways, but that's the idea behind it really is to be able to, you know, have yeah. this, a place of provision, but also be able to, um, again, for the first year of it, I mean, it's going to be X. Ex- uh, experimenting and such, but also teaching people how to produce things on their own because, I mean, we're always here, man. We're always a day away from, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist by, by any means, but like, I mean, as we've seen, here we are always a day away or one somebody else's decision away from not being able to have fruits and vegetables. Hmm. And, you know, uh, it is what it is. And where we live too, there's, blockades aren't always just for the president. There's all, all kinds of issues yeah. that, that happen and there's blockades, and they block the, the road from Santa Cruz to Trinidad, which is where, where the road that we receive fruits and vegetables through. And so, I don't know. That's the idea we want to do. But some people are interested in that, and some people, so they would want to see those videos. But some people are not interested in that. They'd be more interested in church hmm. stuff. And so they'd want to see those little short videos. And then, you know, the idea is to kind of move that direction. So we'll see. What do you think? They can't see you. He's like shaking <laughs> yeah, his head. Just, just <laughs> like, oh, people listening, like, that guy's rude. Like, you didn't even. <laughs> yeah. No, man, good. So, no, um, yeah, things are good ministry wise, I think. We're yeah. in a good place, yeah, in a yeah. good groove. And we've been really, really pushing home um, the need to do justice and stuff at mm-hmm. church and mm-hmm. to be present, be a light in the darkness and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's, 
unfortunately been a perfect it's been perfect because people spend all week seeing bad news yeah and you come to week you come to week come to church and hear good news and also a little bit of a rebuke but also encouragement to be mm. good news in the middle of bad news to be hope in the middle of chaos you know and, and and so we've just kind of been doing that and i feel like it's people are getting more attached and plugged in and like really starting to grasp it and so hopefully hopefully because these are the ingredients for revival you know and bolivia definitely needs to be revived mm. um so we'll see so we, i've talked a long i talked a long time man then you talked you talked a lot longer than you've ever talked yeah so we'll get off here now anyways you have anything else to add before we go nope sure. i guess people could be praying for our meeting this thursday we oh. got our vision meeting thanks for We're planning for me. next year yeah we, we have thursday. to you know it's gonna be hard it's to to keep it politics off of because like, <laughs> yeah. that's what everybody's talking about right now like i was late coming up here because i went down in the, in the clinic and the doctor's talking to me i mean i can go to the to the hardware store and we're gonna the lady's gonna talk politics for you know yeah that's just what they, that's what's happening so everybody so yeah we have a vision meeting on thursday for for 2020 and it's it's gonna be like a dreaming what, what are our dreams for next year what are you know just our hopes not mystical type dreams but like mm. what are we you know what are we dreaming about what are we what are we dreaming for next year for our neighborhood, for our community, for our church? And so it could be a really exciting meeting. And so, yeah, please be praying for us that in the context of what we've just been saying about light in the darkness and everything that's going on, that we can make good decisions and good plans and spirit led, you know, uh, planning, I guess, in, in, in the midst of all this. And uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up because I actually forgot about it. I wouldn't have thought about it until Thursday morning. Like, oh, we got a meeting today. And so, yeah, for sure. Pray, pray for that. Just pray for I mean, all the stuff that you've heard, just pray for that. Keep mm-hmm. us in your prayer, too, that, I don't know, I, I'm not, I don't feel tired mentally, but just pray for us that we can keep, stay, I don't want to say positive, but Jesus-centered, right, mm-hmm. and, and, and um, joyful, maybe is the right word, in the midst of what does not look like a joyous situation, you know, and so we can continue to be light in the darkness, right, salt mm-hmm. of the earth, and so just keep us in your prayer, but more importantly, keep uh, Bolivian, our Bolivian brothers and sisters in your prayer, that they can be led by the Spirit in, in everything they do and and the government officials and so on and so forth. It might not be a big deal to you that's listening, but it's a huge, huge monumental deal to us here. And so just, you know, take if you can, can take some time to pray for us and pray with us. And so, yeah, that's all I got. Hope you have a great week. We will talk to you next week unless the government cuts our internet and then we won't, <laughs> but we'll be fine. So yeah, so have a great week and provecho. <laughs>